Welcome back to the table. I'm your host today, Alexis J. Soto. I am joined by Mr. Peter Martinez, our lovely showrunner on this beautiful program podcast, a show where we come to the table and we exchange a film that the other has not seen before. Obviously, this is October. We're continuing our horror-themed month as Peter has coined the Ghost-tober Bootacular. Yes, that's an original invention uh, name by Peter Martinez. <laughs> sure. So, the last few weeks, we have covered uh, such honored classics like Poltergeist and The Sixth Sense. And this is the finale of this month for our Ghost-tober Bootacular. Um, and this film... I'm told, is not as revered, or at least the notoriety is not there with this movie, and perhaps is a little more hidden, more of a hidden gem uh, than the other two movies. The movie we're talking about today is The Orphanage, directed by J.A. Bayona and produced by Guillermo del Toro. It is a Mexican film, Spanish language film. Um, Peter, want to tell us more? Yes. Uh, El... Orfanato. Is that, did I say it right? Yes. Awesome. Directed by J.A. Bayona, who is known for directing the Academy Award winning uh, Jurassic World <laughs> Revenge of the Dino Saber. I don't remember what it was called. Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom, that one. A Tale of Love, A Story of Horror. A woman brings her family back to her childhood home, which used to be an orphanage, intent on reopening it. Before long, her son starts to communicate with a new invisible friend. Yes, this came out in 2007. Uh, of course, the name that attracted me to it is this name that would attract anyone to it, which is Guillermo del Toro, who helped produce it, get it a bigger budget, and get it made. Uh... It's the script was actually written back in 1996, and it wasn't <laughs> it didn't come into fruition until 2007. That's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, I remember watching this film when I was a lot younger, and it's really good. Like, it's a really really good ghost film. I think it did. It obviously did get good reviews, um, but it's 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 a smaller not as well-known film it's not a film that's whenever i hear about ghost films or horror films or any of that it's not a film that's usually thrown out there i mean you didn't hear about it before (laughs) i uh recommended it to you uh so yeah this is a film i really really loved i thought it was really good it's it's it it's the exact kind of horror i love especially with with ghosts um, there's a lot of great things I can say about it, but I'll wait till we, we dive into it. Uh, how did you feel about the orphanage? I want to commend you on a really amazing, first of all, I don't know if this may be the last to the table that we're doing in 2020. Um, obviously, you know, with this show and what we've wanted to do, um, was to make it more of a seasonal offering. And I think we've done that. Uh, I mean, we didn't get to all that we wanted to do this year so mm-hmm. far. And we can have this discussion at the end of the episode, but I wanted to commend you because I think you're doing, I think, the best job of the programming and then also the kind of movies that you're picking to go with the themes that you've created. Um, And I have to say, there has not been a single movie that you've uh, had me see this year 
that I don't, except for maybe, maybe, well, I don't know. I didn't hate anyone. That's for sure. <laughs> I wasn't so What's the one you, hot, you were least hot on? Maybe Legacy. Legacy? Uh, Tron Legacy. Oh, well, okay. But yeah, that, <laughs> that was more of, that has less to do with I felt you would love the film and more of just this discussion on this weird <laughs> right. franchise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, of course we loved, uh, I loved the uh, political dystopia month and man, that has to be the crazy, like the first episode I think we did, or one of the first ones was V for Vendetta. Little did we know it was a preview of 2020, literally <laughs> by the fucking script. So, um, and of course the year has yet to be over, so we'll know how accurate it was until the very end of it. We'll see what but, blows up. <laughs> right. Needless to say, I've been very um, grateful uh, to be able to have basically have a curated a list of movies, and I've loved a lot of these uh, beyond I think imagination. Especially this month, like Poltergeist, and then The Sixth Sense, which I mean, it's hilarious again how I've missed these movies. But hey, everyone's first time doesn't come at the same time. That's right. Um, Would you describe all these films as bootacular? The ones for October, yes. <laughs> well, maybe even the ones for yeah. uh, Political Dystopia Month can be uh, bootacular as well. Um, that is to say, this movie was fucking great. It was so good. Um, it is obviously a smaller movie. Uh, you can tell. Not, And this is not a criticism. It, it didn't affect the quality of the movie at all. But you can tell it's smaller budget. It's a smaller scale story. Um, but... Uh, again, I think that uh, was part of what the intention was. And I guess perhaps because it is a Spanish language movie, it isn't in the consciousness in where we reside in, which is America, or at least the American film circuit. Uh, it's just not prevalent or remembered as anymore. It's fallen completely to obscurity, mm-hmm. which is why I've never heard of it. Whereas movies like Poltergeist and Sixth Sense, while I've never seen them, I've been aware of them practically for years and years and years. Oh yeah. They're huge. So I think, yeah. So, I mean, there, there is that distinction. Um, it is, this is one of those ones where it's, it's almost hard to, you know, I think really decipher the kind of feel. I mean, it is a great horror film in the sense that there are some amazing, moments in here where you're you really are spooked uh you have some crazy uh really uh creepy masks that are used um and then moments that just kind of come out of nowhere where you're like what the fuck just happened as any great horror movie has but uh it is the kind of stuff uh that you and i do love in horror not just in the sense that it features a supernatural element in the ghost but it is grounded very much in this very emotional uh, family story. Uh, you know, the, the characters in this are just so human. And it's one of those instances, and it helps that, you know, at least for my, for most of these actors I've never seen before, but they come across less like actors and more like real people. Um, I was. Um, this movie was very um, engrossing, I think, with with that connection, particularly with the mother and the son. And so all the moments with them really work and pop. And then when it gets to where it's going, it really just kind of like, wow, I, I didn't see where that 
it also is one of those films where I just didn't see where that, that twist was, I guess, if you want to call it a twist. All three of the films had twists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was also the kind of ending that I like. <laughs> that, that shouldn't surprise you. I think a lot of the movies Everyone that I Everyone did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not exactly what I was saying. I know you weren't suggesting that. No. Um, it is... Uh, I don't think it's the ending you expect if you're watching a lot of this movie. Um I didn't have a problem with it. I'll say that. I thought it was beautiful and touching. Um, and that, yeah, yeah. I, I, again, it, it's, it's hard to have a conversation about horror films and saying that it's amazing. And yet, if you're being asked, was I scared? No, I was creeped out. And there were moments where it was like, I think for me, the moment where I was most scared was not one that would be categorized as a stereotypical, uh, horror movie scare but one true moment of horror oh, uh, yeah. i think the revelation the revelation toward the end was like oh my god it was chills down my spine um anyway i loved it <laughs> that's clear what's so interesting about ghost stories is ghosts are us mm. right like they're yeah they're humans their 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 wants their needs everything about them is human uh it's just sort of this like other plane of existence with every other i don't know like scary type of movie like zombies they were human but now they're just monsters you know with zombie movies with monster movies they're not maybe there's sympathetic aspects to them but they're not humans slashers uh despite looking like humans they're the furthest things from them <laughs> you know uh ghosts are the only ones where it's their wants and their needs are so unbelievably human and the terror kind of comes from real human terror you know what i mean real life mm -hmm uh issues such as you know uh, either maybe a broken heart maybe abuse maybe lost love you know all all these things um unfinished business <laughs> as they say uh so ghost stories ha are just have the ability to tell these very interesting human stories. And I think you've seen that. Well, maybe not with Poltergeist. Poltergeist is just having fun. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, with you see that with like Dr. Sleep, The Shining. Um, Hill House. Hill House, Blind of Manor. course. Blind Manor. Sixth Sense. Mm -hmm, the Sixth Sense. You, you absolutely see that with all these others. And with this one, it's it's very much a story of it's it's a love story <laughs> to to quote Bly Manor. It's not a ghost story. It's a love it's a story. Love story. <laughs> but it's the love between a mother and her child. And this, by the way, go watch Bly Manor on Netflix. Yeah, go watch uh, it. Keep it in support the support all you can. Keep it in the one spot of the top ten. Number one spot. Mm -hmm. It's it's good. I I love that this again. This story is about exploring. This complicated issue of family, of the love between a mother and a son, uh, the fleeting time between family, and 
it does it while wrapped up not only in a spooky ghost story, but an interesting mystery at the same time. And and of course, I think most ghost movies have that mystery of like, what is going on? Who is the ghost? What is the ghost? Right, right. But I found this one genuinely intriguing. Because you have that issue with the boy. Who Mm -hmm. is the boy? What happened to the boy? You have the... uh, the the social worker that comes early on and then you and then you know and you think like oh hey is this a social worker but then you know you she's out there trying to they find her in the den trying with a shovel and you're like wait what the fuck's going on and then it just leads to one thing to another all of that's really well done yeah but the let me get the actress's name because i do not know it Got to pull up to Letterboxd, our official sponsors. Belen Ruda as Laura. She was great. Because the movie really rested on her. And her... Just her emotional resilience. In the face of something very unspeakable for a mother to have to go through. Which is the disappearance of her son. And just kind of what led to that—the <laughs> disappearance. No, of look, she carried the movie. Yeah, uh, it, you can almost—it's almost comparable to Tony Collette in Hereditary, uh, uh, in terms of like the importance of that performance for the success of this movie. She was outstanding. I one hundred percent agree. She was great, and just the the tone and the. The mystery, not the mystery, but there's this sort of melancholy tone from the very beginning. Yeah. Just to the whole affair, the whole film. And there's little things here and there, hints dropped, to where like, well, maybe the melancholy tone is more human than ghost-like. Because you understand early on that the kid is sick. He's got AIDS. And I think this is supposed to take place... I don't think it takes place. Does it take place in 2007? I didn't have an impression that this was a period piece. Okay. It, I assumed it took place present day, and at that time it would be 2007. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, because I think by 2007, AIDS wasn't necessarily a death sentence. But they... I don't, I don't believe it was what it was, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to assume there was a turning... Well, I don't know... Uh, the history of this, but wasn't there a turning point, I assume, well before we were, well, maybe it came when we were born, around that time when there was a turning point. But I think I want to say by the the late 2000s, it was no longer a death sentence, that's for sure. Because the way they spoke about it kind of seemed that way. Like, they they very much kept his life sheltered. They didn't let him know that he had that disease. And they, I don't believe they didn't even tell him that he was adopted. Um, no, they didn't tell him that. It was revealed. Uh, I think the ghost boy told him. Yeah. On the Fucking movie. snitch. Uh, I know, right? Um, but it wasn't my impression that it was a foregone conclusion that he would die from this. I. It seemed to me like there were like, there maybe, but it didn't. It didn't seem at the moment that it was for sure going to kill him. Mm-hmm. At least to me. Yeah. Now to be clear, I wasn't watching with subtitles, so I. I kind of just... Oh. I, yeah, I didn't have subtitles. Oh, but I, okay. Yeah. 
Mexican so I don't have ex- flexing over here. No, the version of the movie that I was watching did not feature them. So I didn't have the option to turn them on. If they were there, I would have to be 100% clear. Mm-hmm. So, but I knew that he was obviously you watched the movie. But yeah, I was, I think I got most of it. Yeah. But like the, the dynamics they set up at the beginning are very interesting, right? Because like she yeah. herself was an orphan. Mm-hmm. So you definitely have that like... She wants that familial connection pretty much, and and she very much cares about children because mm-hmm. she she was she was obviously in, in that spot, and you have a relationship with her husband that is very I think well done, especially as she kind of deteriorates throughout the rest of the film, yeah. and him is very much understandably going like. Uh, Maybe let's bring it down a notch. Like I, but it also, I, how can you tell her, you know, who's lost her kid? Like, Hey, take a chill pill, you know? So he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place kind of thing. Uh, And then of course you could tell how loving she is with her son and the way they sort of are sheltering him because of his disease uh, to me, it's all very good setup, and then of course you got the creepy house. That's when <laughs> that's when we get to the creepy house for the yeah. orphanage. Um, a lot of movies, a lot of horror movies, done with creepy houses. I have to say though, that, and I've seen a lot of them obviously in the past month, the past year and a half, and somehow they don't get old. You think that they oh, would get old? I love you know? creepy houses. I know, right? <laughs> my my dream would to be live in a giant, lavish, creepy, fucking old house. I don't know if dream would be. Oh, I, I that's just keep the dream. Well, I look at this house and I'm like, I would never want to live here. Fuck oh, you. I'd I'm love it. Out of here. I'd love to. I feel like, especially like you know, looking mm. at the houses here, and then also like Blind Manor. Like you're fucking asking to be haunted, okay? <laughs> like get out of here. Don't don't you just you know on cold rainy nights. Want to be walking down the hall with the candle, you know? <laughs> no, no, I don't want to do that at all. No, I'd rather be oh. in a beachfront cottage. Okay. Um, We're very different then, because I, I, to me, that is the dream. <laughs> I like, like, my home to be warm and inviting, not cold and, and scary. I, I'll put it this way. I'd want it to be known as a manor, not a house. Yeah. The manor. <laughs> Of course, you know, that's, you know, if you win the lottery type shit. Uh, (laughs) Well, I was going to ask you real quick about the, how you felt of the direction by J.A. Bayona. Because if you remember back when we were reviewing. Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Thank you. It's, I fucking hate that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Everyone does. Back when we were reviewing Fallen Kingdom. I had said like it's been two years. Yeah, it's been two years. I remember going like you. The director's good. He Mm -hmm. has done good stuff. I don't think I ever brought up the orphanage, but I was like, he's good. And there's a lot of this film, direction wise, that's Mm -hmm. pretty good. As much as I hate the film, (laughs) there's some things here where it's like okay. To me, it's mostly the script. Yeah, I recall having that conversation with you. I was going to bring this up, but, you know, you're doing it now. Yeah. Um, it was clear to me, I, I knew that J.A. Bayona 
was doing the movie, I don't believe I was aware of what he did before, but walking out of the movie, I was not blaming him at all for this. I think the direction, the movie was directed well for what it was. I think it was clear where the movie just completely shit the bed was Colin Trevorrow's script. That was it. I mean, yeah. there wasn't anything technically wrong with Chris Pratt or Bryce Dallas Howard, except for their, their whatever chemistry they had in the first movie did not come back for this movie. There was something off about, maybe they were just, they, they were not at their usual, I think, level as actors. But that being said, it didn't matter because the script was just crap. It was an amalgamation of all the Jurassic Park movies put together. It was so lazily done. It ended up, Kyle, you know, coined it best when he said that the last act was like Scooby-Doo. Um, it, 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 it was the script. How do you make it Scooby-Doo not... lame? I know, I know. But the scenes were directed well. Mm-hmm. You know, it was staged well. I don't, it clearly wasn't the director. You can't do nothing to him. You can't put lipstick on that pig of a script. Let's be real. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that too. Because, I mean, this film clearly shows some, I think, grade A talent. I think it's, it's oh, directed very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really, I, I really enjoyed the creepy atmosphere that I, I don't think it, yeah. ever overcomes the story. You know what I mean? They work so well in... in it also is just it looks so beautiful um but the scenery while being beautiful as you were saying does add into the creepy atmosphere of it by the way peter is kind of get his cat out of the way so if you hear the microphone you know it's not on his side she's a monster he has a cat that he has to repeatedly get out of the way otherwise she'll get tangled up in the wires because she has a wire fetish apparently um all that cat but the scenery is beautiful, but also beautifully creepy. We have the obviously the house is close to the shore, the mm-hmm. beach, the beach itself, that cave. Oh, the cave, and that's where it all starts mm-hmm. when he's seeing things, and then they all. Oh my goodness! When, like when he's leaving the shells, you know what? I, oh, when I when I saw that, this is me. Like when I saw that moment, um, and this is early on in the movie. Obviously, if I were like let's say one of the parents and I saw him doing that I would immediately tell him to fucking stop and realize there was something fucked up going on here because you don't just do that for no reason right like you throw the kid in the water weird <laughs> well nothing well I wouldn't do that but I'd be like hey don't don't do that why who's following us but then no, it's creepy the next morning when all the shells are like in a heap pile on the front door it's like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> you fucking like, that, kid. Again, these are moments where like, um, I guess this is just a general thing when you watch horror movies, regardless of the quality that they, that they end up being. But um, it's one of those situations where like, you want to be cautious of how much you're inserting yourself and your like perspective and your identity into the movie and not wanting to criticize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not doing that, but it's just, it's one of those things as audience members that like you are really being given a lot of red flags here like a lot of red flags and something is not adding up yeah like pay fucking attention like those things you just said that's enough to be fair i think the the mother noticed it well she yeah right yeah. like she's like yeah. mm, you're acting weird kid like i don't there's also uh mysterious like uh, and maybe 
I, I was wondering if it was my the speakers. There's something wrong with it when I was watching the movie, but then I realized it, it was obviously on purpose. But there's a, a every time we're in the house, there's like a a distant noise, like something making noise. Um, that wasn't in the movie, Alexis. No. What were you hearing? Oh. Okay. Don't creep me the fuck out right now. That was in the movie. Uh, sure. If you say so. <laughs> Somebody was banging on the walls, to be clear. That's what I'm, that's the noise I was Oh, yeah, to. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they make that very clear <laughs> in that one scene, but then, yeah, there are other moments. Uh, God. I don't... <laughs> A part of me doesn't want to just go into the whole ending, but then a part of me is like... Well, we can go through it, I guess, chronologically, mm -hmm. how things are progressing. So, like, um, we're told almost immediately uh, this imaginary friend or friends, as he claims, and he keeps oh talking God. about them. When he showed up at the house with the fucking mask, oh, oh God. God, I was about ready to punt that kid. Like if if he came at came at me with that mask, it'd be like no 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 no. Um, no, it was fucking creepy. And then of course it led to the confrontation between him and the mom, Laura. Um, and it was so creepy how he was breathing and everything from a distance. And then you I mean you just know that's not her son. And he kept going closer and closer and closer. And then he fucking pushed her ass and then slammed the door to break her fingers. That's the thing. The first time watching it, my thought was like, that's not him. Like, at you all. You think it was him? Looking back at the ending, I do think right. that was him. Really? So okay, so let me make sure we're on the same page here. Because uh, watching it in that moment, mm -hmm. I thought we were looking at what's his name, Tomas. Yeah, the, the ghost, ghost kid. The ghost kid. Yeah, that's but what I thought. You're saying it too. was. You're saying it was Simon, her her son, mm -hmm. that was in the actual mask and and fucking pushed her. Yes. Really? I think the kid was you know throwing it just being a shit right like a tantrum he was pissed off and i I don't think he he realized like meant to hurt her in that way uh-huh he but he did mean to, i think to just like lock her up in there but i don't think he meant to like break her fingers and and fuck her up like that at least that's what i got after the ending happened, my assumption was like, oh, everything that we saw technically wasn't, not everything, obviously, but the those early moments with mm -hmm. the mask and all that going on, a lot of it wasn't paranormal. It was just the kid. I guess to back it up, what you're saying... How would a ghost push her? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Well, because uh, also, I don't think Simone is shown to be... No, Tomas. I don't think Tomas is mm -hmm. shown to be... Malevolent. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. or, or malice in any way. Like, he's just a kid that was... A he's just a kid. A scared kid. Yeah. Um. 
so yeah, I don't I when I see it, I see that as that was. Okay. That could be it. And he was pissed, and I think that that does make sense because immediately thereafter, well, he disappears. <laughs> he, he disappears. disappears yeah, he disappears. And paranormal shit starts happening around the house. Um, and I love how there's, you know, you have that night, you know, where they, they hear banging on the walls. She, there's, there's spooky shit going on. But then right mm-hmm. after, they cut to six months later. Uh, and she's just sort of like, she's at like that support group. And I love the line mm-hmm. where she's like, you know, my kid didn't die. He was fucking taken. Because in that moment, you understand uh, she's on a mission. <laughs> Yeah. She has, and not only is she on a mission, she 100% believes, like, in this ghost shit, you know. she She's that fucking... She's been almost. exposed to too much to not, I think, come to that conclusion. I think I would be in, in her in her uh, corner in the same way. Like, I think that's clearly what this is. Yeah. Um, and the police aren't getting anywhere. I mean, the police do, I think, discover... Um, the woman that came to the house. Well, that um, leads to all the interesting mystery, right? Like, right, where you go, like, oh no, she wasn't actually uh, a social social worker. worker. You know, she actually used to work there, and then that leads to her. Uh, I can't remember if they discover she's she was Tomas's mother before or after she gets fucking ran over. Which that one was just crazy. <laughs> couple of things on that um i want to say when we're uh informed that that woman used to work at the house i i want to say that that's when we're told that domas was her son yes which was very creepy very very fucking creepy um the her getting hit by a truck was out of nowhere i was like what the fuck and i was thinking was this an accident was this like premeditated what what happened here was she really there was she a lot i mean there was just a bunch of questions because we're watching a supernatural movie mm-hmm. but no i guess she really just got hit by a truck she just got died. hit and then they show you like Ugh. uh-huh yeah they show you the yeah it was unpleasant to look at that yeah no it's bad but everything again there's there's certain things in horror movies that are just so beyond cliches at this point mm-hmm. but fuck do they work on me <laughs> and i enjoy them and when they brought in the you know the seance the medium you know the seance to try and and, and reach the ghosts and the kids because i, I think the story goes they believe that well not they believe that it did happen hello no i'm here okay I'm okay here. i mm-hmm. just want to make sure no it, it just it, yeah. it froze Continue. Uh, go ahead well, what they the seance well before that what they discover oh no 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 it was during the seance because it was the kids because in her mind either thumas or the kids they took her son right and you mm-hmm. have that i think it worked it was so effective and it works so well because you don't see anything 
all you have is the medium, you know, saying what she sees. And she's like, oh, it's children, you know, they're crying. Yeah. And like the way it was shot where you don't see anything, all you have is her describing what is going on. I think that works so effectively. And that's where those scenes like that, again, in like every mm-hmm. fucking horror movie, like ghost horror movie, they get me. They, they work, get me man. every time. They really work. Yeah. <laughs> and this one, I, I think, was very effective. Yeah. Continue. Oh, I mean, that was. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you. Uh, they were very. Uh effective and i'm not sure if, if there'll be a point where they'll you know it'll stop being effective um i guess what was interesting is in i'm not sure how usual this is but like i don't know that that, that seemed to pretty much confirm the existence of supernatural uh beings at the place and then they were kicked out <laughs> It's like the anti-poltergeist were like, okay, you can fuck off now. We got it from here. Okay. Because <laughs> um, the dad just wants to get the fuck yeah. out of there, honestly. Uh, he's just and, Yeah. And I, I, that dynamic to me is interesting, too, because he obviously loves their son. And he obviously loves mm-hmm. his wife. Mm-hmm. But he's sort of being the normal human being here. Right, and it's like yeah. it's been six months. I, I, it's it's difficult for him to take. Right, and at the same time, his wife is just kind of pulling back and spiraling further and further and further into this ghost shit. It is addressed early, very early in the movie. I guess this is a hint. Um, he's not. Uh, he's not a religious person. And so there's an implication that he just doesn't believe yeah. in these things to mm-hmm. begin with. So, so I I feel like he can only humor it so far and for so long, right? Especially because you know it hurts him too, and and he feels he's losing yeah. his wife to this craziness. Um, but it's it's so so great when she. Was it during this or after where she fucking discovers the bodies of the kids? It was after, I think. Be- it was after. Because I, that that's yeah. where she puts two and two together, that she poisoned the kids. And, I, you know, like the whole story is uh, Domas, the kid with the bag on his head, was her son. And he had physical deformities. And he was sort of kept away from all the other kids uh, at the orphanage. And he lived in this sort of place under the stairs. That's where he stayed. And I, when they, when the kids went to the, when they went to the beach, to that cave, I, they stole his mask and he was all shy and afraid and he didn't want to show his face. And because of that, he never left the cave. And when high tide came, oh. he drowned. And and that, of yeah. course, made his mother go crazy. And again, that, that sort of connection, a, a mother and their son, and sort of the love yeah. between them and, and what drives that and <laughs> what the things it drives you to do. No, she fucking got hers. She was like, I'm killing yeah. you. 
and she's she like, killed fuck them. these kids they were, and they were these are small children and she poisoned them mm-hmm. with berries was she was a part of that group that friends she got lucky she got a- adopted out i think right before all that shit happened <laughs> but if she hadn't been she'd be louder yeah louder. dead with them she'd be ghosts along with, with the rest of them yeah Yeah. Dead. Now, that's a moment, especially that sequence in which she discovers the bodies. That's a moment of absolute, um, I don't want to say gore, but just disgust. Because she discovers the what it was. No. Or the location specifically that the uh, pretend woman social worker came in and she, she was She felt noise. that they would become, uh, di- they would be discovered. I wondered to what Because end? she bought uh, was that woman the house and she was going to reopen it. Like, no one would have found those bodies. Uh, Laura. So, why so was she banging she on it? She worried that to get the bodies would be discovered. And then that's why she was snooping around and then ultimately tried to, like, remove the bodies, I think. Because you remember when they found her with the shovel? She was going to try mm. and remove them. Uh, didn't fucking work out in her favor, but. Yeah. And eventually, you know, you don't know, right? Like, if you hid some kids' bodies in a house. And someone moved in. You probably get pretty fucking paranoid. Like, fuck, it they're didn't, gonna find him. Um, they're gonna it, find the I bodies. Just, but it seems unlikely. Though, I, I, I think it, that they would have been discovered. Made sense that she would react that way. You don't know. Yeah, you're right. Um, Um, well, back to the scene where when where Laura um, finds him, it, it takes a while <laughs> I think for me to click because she gets a bag, and nothing but dust comes out, and then she gets a couple more bags, and then more dust comes out, and then I'm thinking, oh no, 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 you're not doing this, you're not doing this. Then she finds the. Sure enough, she finds well, yeah. a, a fragment of dead the kids is always a bit a bit and morbid. Then, like she has nothing know. but dead kids on her, just a tiny, tiny bit, or the remnants of dead kids on her. Their bodies but are her, turned to dust. Her next move was that was more that made me just go I'll like, oh honest. fuck, <laughs> oh shit, that was oh fuck, pretty oh, no. Yeah. Uh, which was I think she told her husband like, okay, like you're right, we need to move <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, uh, and, and basically just move the fuck out of the house. Like he wants out. And and he's just try- been yelling at her this whole time, like, this isn't good. Like, we just need to leave. And then she's like, okay, just, you know, leave me this one night and I'll, and I'll catch up with you tomorrow. Uh, but then her, her plan to just sort of reach the kids is to just completely uh, <laughs> bring it back to, like, the 1970s orphanage. Like, she dresses up as the... As the way that the the maids did, she got all the old beds and stuff. 
And I don't know why, but I just found it so creepy. <laughs> like, it was. I'm getting chills recalling that moment. It was incredibly unsettling. It was unsettling. I was, when I realized she's basically recreating everything from those days. And I just, I think I and said, she's out loud, like talking to them. This is like, so fucked up. Like, holy shit. Because, like, even like, them, especially when like she settles like, down on the, to the react. dinner table and she has and then the she finally does the thing that in makes the place the, of the, the, the ghost, ghost children kids. come out it is which oh god again i don't i know it was yeah mhm Uh-huh. But it, it's also set oh, up that earlier. Like, that was a game they were back and forth. You know, together that was a kids. great reveal. And it was... Mm -hmm. And especially since, and again, like, it's, it's this it's innocent dark. thing that obviously you, children you would the want to there, do right? and play. Well, the and they are children. And like, oh, but the fact that they're one ghosts, of those EBGB like, moments, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> I don't want to play shit with you. That's so creepy. And yeah, the way it's filmed where she's against the wall and then she... I can't remember. It's like she does the knocking... And then she right. turn around, and then the first time you see like one little shadow, you know, like towards the entrance, and then she like turns back, does the knocking, turns back around. There's three of them now, and they're a little bit closer. Uh -huh. She knocks like, three oh, times, and then she looks oh, over. No, no, no. <laughs> and then it, it finally like, boom! One of them touches them, touches her. Because I think that's the game, right? Like, you get close enough to touch her, and then you have to run, run and hide. Probably like a play on hide and seek or whatever. I know, I know, I was. But uh, again, there, there's not many like, yeah, scares right within this film. I don't think there's ever like a moment. Yeah, now to think yeah. of it, I think this is the one horror movie where I don't think there's a single scare like. Yeah, like mm -hmm. like where it's just like wow, boo, or like this is specifically meant to jump out you and scare you, and everything is just sort of creepy. And you and and it like goes from like this light mean? level of creepy, like the seashells, to the high level of creepy, like the the seance and the fucking right. knocking game. But nothing is ever in your face about it. It's just, just this overlying tone that yeah. may fluctuate up and down in, in the creepy scale, but it's just always there. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really good, and it's really well done. I uh -huh. love it. Um, but that, of course, leads to the reveal of the film, which is mm -hmm. just... That one probably threw you for a loop, huh? Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was but what's um, what's crazy to me, right, I, is you was, have there's such a build sad. up throughout the film, right? It was with so the seashells fucking sad. And then the the kid, you know, 
because what else we talk about like the that? creepy kid and you're like oh fuck that is not that's not you know simon or simon that that's not him and then just right before mm-hmm. you know you have the seance where it's like okay there are ghosts and they do want something or need something and then you right before that you have the confirmation of these ghosts existing. You visually see them. Right, right. Uh-huh. And then, so you're set up for, for ev- throughout the entire film, there's a gradual buildup to mm-hmm. the reason behind everything being supernatural, right? Like, you have no reason not to believe it's supernatural. Yeah. And then for the reveal to be not that at all and and much sadder it's it's just such a i I don't whiplash like it's crazy Mm -hmm. kind of a uh, it was a gut punch for me. It was a gut punch because, like, you're waiting for the reveal of uh, of what the disappearance yep. of Simon to be related, and and because of the supernatural on happens. the surface, and right? You, the you whole should film, probably you're convinced the culprits have are these kids that, that they took Simon away because six months have gone by. It turns out that's not what happened. Nine, even of the ghosts, even the ghosts did take him. I mean, how would he have survived that long? Um, but it's it's heartbreaking mm. in the way they do it because nine actually you're still kind of Overall, scared of the ghost. Nine like she closer goes to a down year at that point, and she's like, "Oh, you know, like oh my god, she found him," you know, and it... <laughs> yeah, something like that. It was. Well, she goes down, to be clear, so she goes down into a room she had never been in, she never knew existed, because there was a knob, an, is it a, a doorknob that was missing? And there was no way to get in and out of it, and so she had found it, um, and the, toward that, re- building up to the reveal, she finally inserts the knob into the door, opens it. And first of all, I want to linger on and this. And be like, quick. you know what, kid? I tried. It, I really and then did. what you see is like this staircase going down nothing but darkness. <laughs> yeah. At that point, I would have been like, bye. I'm getting out of here. Like, I'm not walking down a fucking dark staircase. Like. <laughs> I'm not doing it. But anyway, she she already obviously is like, oh well, I'm, I'm in this already. I have to find out what happened. And so she goes down like these really long stairs, and then she basically sees a basement, a basement room. She realizes that's uh, the place that Tomas, the kid uh, who died there a long time ago, that's his room. There's, she finds a picture of him and his mom, who is now also dead, by the way, because we mentioned she was hit by a truck. Um, and then she finds her son. Um, and it's one of those situations where I was thinking, no, this isn't it. Cause the way that it's presented immediately is she finds Simon alive and well, uh, in a blanket. Uh, and it's like, 
treat it as like this triumphant moment that she finally, you know, found him after such, you know, adversity and all the stuff that happened that she had to overcome. And it it's not immediately revealed, but you get a suspicion, at least I did while watching it, like it's too good to be true. This is going to take a really dark turn, isn't it? Like cuz I it it didn't it was doing a good job, I think of I think for what the occasion would be, but I think deep down, I I, I knew this is going to mm-hmm. go laying there. It, this like, isn't what? right. Right, you're right. It's too mm-hmm. good to be true. So she finds him basically there, it, and it's he, like by the time the why you doubt is that your brain you starts to, to go like, about it. wait, wait, hold up, wait. nine months, and he's just is when there? the movie reveals, and he was there like, the whole time. Uh, because when she goes down there it's like well lit and it looks clean and nice and it's him and then the all of a mm-hmm. sudden it like snaps to reality and it's just dark and cobwebs and then and at that point i was like oh fuck oh no and then she looks at you yeah. know she's holding the moss and she looks and you realize not the moss uh simon simon and he's dead. And then she she puts together, ev- you know, everything that had happened and how it happened. And then going back oh, and going like, Simon. oh, wow, that's what that was. And it's so perfectly well exec- yeah, executed, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Executed? Literally. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it, like because um, the execution joke. Uh, he was executed. Um, in li- the character was executed literally, or I guess he executed himself. But the execution of those of the sequence is so brilliantly uh, because it mm-hmm. is because of how well it was set up. Because you, you you're putting several pieces together. Because you think back to well the last fight they had had you know simon and laura was that he wanted to show her tomas's room and then you're seeing kind of a flashback sequence of events and there was this moment and you're you're reminded that there was mm-hmm. uh, a moment where the the camera lingered on the closet the, there was a closet in between these two doors underneath i think the staircase i feel or in a closet somewhere um and she heard banging near it and then more to that the constant noise of banging on the walls after and not only that he had died you realize she heard him die the kid when when it was that very loud i think she was in the wheelchair basement and then like boom you know a a loud it was there the bang at the end when he had and he died. She was up against the the door trying to open it, and he fell back over the stairs and just broke his neck and died. And and it it's so 
it's such for me anyway when i saw it it was such a hard whiplash because everything because yeah banging like that's what fucking ghosts do you know the banging on the walls and and you know the creepy mask they obviously the ghosts they took them you know there's no trace it's obvious and just the whole rug to be pulled right out from under you at the end uh, you know, all that time she was determined to find him and bring him back, and he was already dead. He'd been dead from day one. It's it's heartbreaking. It's because what what drove her was the for the love of her son, and at the end of the the road, to realize it was always going to end this way. Like it's it's heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. It it is, and you know, uh, we we mentioned several moments uh in the movie where they've been successful at creating not just something looking creepy but something also being a tad bit morbid seeing the little boy's body like that it had already began to decompose and yeah it was oh god you know it's one thing seeing a dead person you know when they're like looked they're made to look you know, I like the use that, of that's the thing. This film, rot, it's not like it's uh, and just it's not a gory film, is, uh, but it, it's it's a film that doesn't shy away from showing to see that honestly. And then, of course, the she's, reality, she's you know what I mean? Because uh, like when she got hit yeah. by a car, they fucking showed it when she got her fingers fucked up like mm-hmm. they. Sh- ooh, that shit hurt. Like just watching it. Yeah. When she, yeah yeah they sh- they showed the the, the 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 dead dead children's bodies um and it's not a film that like it's not like a it, slasher it hurt to it's watch not, didn't it? it's not that anything was... like that that revels in the bodies in the bags uh, gore or anything like that but it's it just doesn't shy away from it and because of that it yeah. almost feels it hits harder Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then comes the ending. Uh, and I'm really interested to yeah, know how that's, you I mean, about this ending. It's real. That stuff what happens. happens is, and that's kind of where early, the real again, horror comes from. A lot of this stuff you know? was so well set up. At the very beginning, they talk about the lighthouse. And how the lighthouse used to be, it used to be on, it used to work. And, yeah. you know, they're just talking about that, you know, back when she was an orphan there, she would see it and stuff like that. Uh, she just starts walking mm-hmm. through. That's right. The house, I think. Oh, yeah. And we all know the kind of Not shit that happens at a lighthouse, right? <laughs> Go watch the Robert Pattinson, William Dafoe movie. <laughs> I 
that's a, was, that's a whole, another horror movie together. with a brilliant a, um, production design or location. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the lighthouse. It's a it, it's a fine wine. Interesting horror. Movie. Okay. Uh, not not. I think the straightforward. You sip one. it. You you know you you smell it. I didn't hate it. S- swash it that. in your mouth and then you um, spit it back out. It's very much an acquired. It's an acquired taste. It's not a, <laughs> like by I any said, means um, sophisticated. <laughs> Um, probably it was on my there's farts masturbation and uh nudity with mermaids Uh, but yeah Yeah. she's walking through the house obviously with dead little simon there's a review on that movie somewhere i think on 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 our feed red spotlight go look it up takes a shit ton of pills and i think they were her sleeping pills yeah Which, again, ties back. Like, she had trouble sleeping, so she had those pills. Like, a lot of this. Such a tight script. So well done. Uh, She takes it, and you don't see her die. But all of a sudden, the lighthouse is on. Mm -hmm. And what's his name? Her son, Simon, is awake. And he's okay, and the children are there, and they're okay, right? Yeah. And Tomas is there, and he's okay, and it's and, and and the uh, uh yeah. Simon's like you know he tells her like this was my dream, not my dream, my wish. I mean, for his birthday, I think, or no, maybe it wasn't his birthday. At some point, they had something to do with wishes. And he says, like, this was my wish that, you know, you could be here to take care of all of us and we'd all be together. And it's really this semi kind of heartwarming uh, ending. But it's what's clear is she's just committed suicide along with. Yeah. Um yeah. 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 I mean, she was, she took a whole, literally the whole bottle of pills. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. <laughs> and then immediately she's, I don't know, I guess in the spirit world or something. And then she wakes up with all the kids surrounded her. Um, I, I think the execution of it was very successful in that I, my heart was warmed uh, in a little, I mean, it, it is mm-hmm. weird, right? Cause she killed herself and then she's holding her, her yeah. son's corpse and then she wakes up and <laughs> everyone's fine. And then it was really, especially, uh, I guess just, yeah, I don't know. Cause like these were her friends. That's why. And then when they realize me. it's Laura yeah. hey everyone, it's Laura. Can you believe it? And then she's come to take care of them i guess seemingly for the end of time i don't know i mean i don't know how ghost rules work but um it's treated i know like it's treated as if like she's kind of the savior she's come at last to save the children it's like mary poppins (laughs) a little bit Mm -hmm. but it, it is basically a happy ending even though a lot of basically everyone died um, in that sense, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like I got tonal whiplash from it, 
Um, because oh, I, I, I like the ending. I, <laughs> I, I love happy endings. I mean, I, I'm all for it by all means. Um, I guess I don't know where else you go after discovering your son's dead corpse in the bottom of a basement. Yeah, I would say. I guess you just cut the black and that's the movie. Um, um, like obviously, I, I think it works. And so, like, I feel like we're talking about Del Toro because we, 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 that one I never. This is really actually pretty similar to the ending of uh, Pan's Labyrinth. If I, I just thought it was now. very brilliantly done ending, and then also it's it's somewhat left up to interpretation, and it's what's what's weird with this one is it's just kind of like mm-hmm. yay suicide, like it, it, right. in, in a small way, you know. Yeah, she's murdered, and, and uh, it's depending on how you feel. The end, that's another thing too. Like it's it's more interpreted, you know, what the ending is. Well, um, and the other one, I can either think of, in Pan's Labyrinth, we were just talking sad, about the little girl was murdered, bittersweet because you think she actually died, and it, in her final moments, she she views herself as having achieved, you know, whatever she was trying to achieve, mm-hmm. or. It's bittersweet because she she ends up dying, but she does, you know, successfully mm-hmm. make it back, you know, to to the kingdom. But obviously she doesn't kill herself, right? Like, it's not like her. The reason she made it back was because she her she protected her brother. Basically, it's not that she died. Whereas with this one, it's oh, yeah, no, it's cool. You can be back together. Just kill yourself. It's a little weird. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like, oh, you're missing. No, your it, dead it child. is. I, Just I, I, die. I, it wasn't perfect, and it's like, no, like that's there was not a ling. Because you're kind of saying, well, all she had to do was kill herself. To- mm-hmm. You don't want to encourage suicide. That's yeah. kind of the thing, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's very, again, it's it very is heartbreaking. That, I mean, she the story didn't want to about, live anymore. Again, she killed it's herself. a love story. <laughs> and I mean, it, that you can't really blame uh, her all that much for it because like, fuck, it, after all of going through all that she went through mm-hmm. and then that's the end result as to what you said. Yeah. Yeah. You also have the scene afterward with the husband, right? Where he comes back to yeah, the house. Yeah, but just sort of smiling, uh, like this idea of like... A little while, I think, after she's buried together, there, I feel. And... Both her and the son are buried there. Um, um, you know, and then he it, walks you know in and he has that, that ending where like the clearly he's seeing Hill them, house but we don't me. see them and then just cuts to black. Where it's like a little bit of like you want your yeah. cake and to eat it too right like the, the horror of this you know the life being taken but also you want that happy ending <laughs> yeah we're there yeah <sighs> yeah yeah <laughs> there are some some genuine connections and and with both, it just left me a little bit like, 
interesting hmm. connection with both Hill House and with this. I don't entirely um, know. Pills are involved one, in the Chief. death of one of the people that would stay at the house as ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what are you trying to say um, with this, you know? That kind of becomes an issue. Yeah. I mean, of course, I have no problem with seeing mm-hmm. the characters have a happy ending, considering all that they've gone through. And I, I think the, the ending, at least it worked for me. Um, but you're right in that um, it did feel abrupt. Maybe that's part of it. Um, but I also don't know, like, look, you and I have seen a lot of movies and we've seen them execute a lot of different things. Um, I love studying about film. I love, uh, learning, you know, what goes through directors and writers minds and they're crafting a story and especially when they're on, on location or on the set and they're, you know, filming it and, and going on and everything. But like with behind the scenes features, documentaries or what have you interviews, and I always just, all right, so if we're looking at this particular movie, what could have what been done with the ending that you um, wanted, with what the ending that we got anyway, for it to have felt less, I would say, abrupt and less thematically consistent? No, because I think I mean, that maybe more thematically perfect. consistent than what... Like, that's... <laughs> Than what you got it's great i wouldn't take that away and i don't know what you um, can do because there really wasn't much I left to do at that point maybe in the movie, but end it so what would the have do you change the ending her or? have closure that doesn't rely on her yeah. no, killing yeah. herself basically because the ghosts are real right like the ghosts are there maybe as she's sitting there like or, or walking around crying you know with the kid um she mm. sees, you know, as she's holding his body, she sees the ghost of him, you know, walk up. And maybe they share a moment or whatever. You know, s- some closure shit. And maybe she she stays and, and reopens as she was originally going to do uh, the orphanage. Or she wasn't going to do an orphanage. It was supposed to be, like, for special needs kids or something like that. Yeah. And, and you know, she... Mm chooses to you know never leave the house and kind of overlook Mm. you know and same as the other ending she she decides to stay and overlook and take care of the 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 children only their ghosts and she's not you know (laughs) that kind of way um yeah my only real issue with the ending is just it's a little weird to be like suicide that was the solution (laughs) and i know Mm -hmm. that i i know the movie isn't intentionally going that route but it kind of yeah No, it's not at all trying to say that. It's it's one of these what happens is one of these issues that is oh, yeah, created course. as a result of you making a certain decision. Of course, intent same thing. Obviously, no reasonably minded person <laughs> that excludes Trump supporters and QAnon people by the way. 
Um, I just wanted to get that in there. Um, or fascists, clearly. Um, conservatives. Okay, I should okay. stop. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness here, I don't think any reasonably minded pe- person would, you know, infer that the intent of the movie or the creators of the movie was to suggest that suicide is great and all, you know? Uh, it's just one of those things yeah. that can accidentally yeah, yeah. It be is one of those things when where you make an executive decision you can, like this. And a lot of movies have You can see this in a lot of films, right? You can create certain it's issues. It's pretty clear that the, intent, the filmmakers didn't design, intend but by accident. for, you know, you know, their film to come off in a certain way or maybe support this or that. I mean, that's that's another thing. <laughs> Ryan Johnson didn't intend for his movie to be hated by literally half of Star Wars fans. Who goes... Who, well, who who goes into a movie? I mean, who thinks that directors go out of the way to make a movie for people to hate them? Um, Except for Adam Sandler in his yeah. Halloween movie, because he pro- he but threatened I, I to make a bad movie because uh, he was denied. I an mean, Oscar more specifically, if like, I recall correctly, for Uncut Gems. But aside from him, like they might sometimes. What, what, what person who makes movies goes out of the way to make a bad within movie? Within the text of their film, no one does. They it just didn't these things mean happen. to imply, right? Like it just kind of. And I think that's basically what happened here. Um, but yeah, no, overall, it's really good. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I feel like if it was an American English film. Right, right, uh, right. Which it would is, be remembered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Talked about a lot more and remembered mm-hmm. more within the States. Mm-hmm. It be talked about more, and it's interesting because you know uh, we've talked about American how horror the 2010s were kind of this wonderful revival for the horror genre, and in many ways that's uh you know the decade prior the 2000s was not a great decade for horror movies. You know who was uh, killing it in the early 2000s? Right, right, yeah, the Japanese. So. If had this a lot of, been well, because you had the ring, in America or an American um, language, the, the ring is a remake of, of the original. This would have been maybe like Ringo, one of the only ones Japanese film of that uh, decade. The Grudge, um, who were they? Uh, Dark Waters, like there was mm. a lot of. I think like the early two thousands was when there was a lot of Japanese horror that kind of blew up. And then you even got a lot of uh, American remakes. That one got a lot of talk, I remember, the grudge. That were usually worse. <laughs> the only one that was, I think, very good was The Ring. Uh, Gore Verbinski directed the... Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead and great, say that. Great, great. Verbinski. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else to say? Because there was one, one other thing I wanted to mention. It's not 
about the movie, but one of the actors that was in the movie. That was oh, actually really? kind of emotional, surprisingly, um, seeing this actor's face. Because it, it's one of those things where when you see a face and you're kind of like thrown back into like a previous life of yours or I mean, like a, a previous version of you that, you know, was from like decades. Admit, admit ago, you're old. Uh, in my case, years and years ago. Um, <laughs> not decades old, anyway. A couple, a couple, not several decades. That's pushing it. Quarter of a century. We're all old, and we're all dying. Um, the and I'm not sure how familiar you are with this one. Um, one of the so we there was a section in the movie where we go where Lauda goes to see this presentation. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, the seance people that come into her house and set up all of these cameras and help her get through it. I'm not referring to the woman. I'm referring to um, in the sequence and when she discovers them, the 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 guy that's doing the presentation with the bow tie. Um, when I saw his face, I was that 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 isn't who I think it is, right? Because um, in actuality, in today, he looks a lot different than when he did uh, in that in the making of that movie. He lost a lot of weight, uh, so and I known that from. Well, I'll get to it when I get to it. But when I saw his face, I was like, this cannot be who I think it is. And then, but it wasn't just the face, it was the voice. And something rung a bell. And like, no, this can't be. So I looked it up and it's Edgar Vivad. Um, And I don't know how exposed you were, Peter, to... Um, Spanish <laughs> it's, it's, language it's, okay. television when you were I a never kid. watched um, it in particular. But it, to the again, works it's one of those of things, one, as you like uh, to say, comic that just culturally is so huge, known as Chespirito. That I just like. I've I've seen it so much that I like know what it is, uh-huh. and I know it, and I've I've seen it play on a lot of <laughs> televisions. Uh-huh. But it's never. It was never something that I ever like watched. But like I know it, right? If that makes sense, right? Cultural osmosis. Hmm. No. Yeah. Um. It'd be very difficult to grow up in a uh, Spanish-speaking household and not know who it is I'm referring to. But Chespirito is a uh, very legendary comic in Mexico. And for, in particular, the programs that he would produce on television uh, aimed at children, aimed at young children. But, you know, they're for all audiences, if you'd like. Um, It's a very... uh, The humor in these... It's very hard for me to classify the kind of humor and into all the categories that there are, but they're very mm-hmm. much aimed at, at small children. Um, and I did grow up on these shows in particular, and I'm sure you you would know of this one, Peter, uh, El Chavo del Ocho um, was kind of the main one. 
And the actor that I am referring to that was in the orphanage, Edgar Vivar, played the character um, El Señor Barriga, which was the landowner, basically, or the uh, landlord that would come by and collect rent um, for the tenants in La Vecindad, which was the main location of this television show, which, by the way, one of the longest running television shows of all time, running from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, all the way into the early 2000s. it's basically Saturday Night Live, um, in term, but we're talking about this almost the same group of characters, the same cast. It's one of those shows where it's the same every week. It's the same. They they recycle a lot of the same ideas. They recycle a lot of the same storylines, but they just keep they they kept making them through the years because it was so popular. Um, and it just was just really special seeing his face because that came from uh, a moment a really treasured memory of my childhood because i would watch that program with my family it was like one of the only like few television shows we would all watch together and like enjoy cast members so seeing his face pop up was kind of something special for me and it brought back a lot of memories at once no that's really cool Um, so yeah yeah he's actually one i think one of the remaining <laughs> the, the cat right the cat most of them are still i think living but he's um he's really good so i just didn't expect that to happen it was just kind of like being blasted into your past and it it um i've <laughs> in the last week i have i've been in this kind of um weird melancholy kind of mood um more and more so it was kind of like you know fitting i guess you could say for the week that i'm currently living um but overall beautiful movie honestly it's good uh, sad heartbreaking but also um joyous i mean uh, in yeah terms of, uh, the, I, I i would leave it uh, there in a way that's <laughs> uh but that was yeah, this the orphanage. should be talked about more for sure. And that was our... It's 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 a great film. Ghost Toper Bootacular. Uh, for To the Table. Yes. Uh, for to the table, we still have one more to go for Red Spotlight. Uh, for those not aware, we also have reviews uh, for Hill House and Blind Manor with our Bootacular this month, as well as an audio commentary for The Shining. But to wrap things up, we've got an audio commentary for Dr. Sleep. So, <laughs> that's going to be so much fun yes. on Red Spotlight over there. And with Red Spotlight, and this is this is a big reason for why this movie was saved to wrap up the, to the table portion uh, of this month. During the month of November, we Guillermo del Toro was a producer for this movie. And what are we doing? Consumption, um, Peter, and uh, discussion Guillermo del Toro of in the Red entire Spotlight filmography in the of, November. of said genius, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, and we're doing the whole nine yards from 1993's Chronos all the way to 2017's The Shape of Water. 
we're going Kronos, Mimic, The Devil's Backbone, Blade 2, Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, Pacific Rim, Crimson Peak, and then, of course, The Shape of Water. Best picture winning Shape of Water. All the way back to that, you know, first the Kronos that got him on the map, all the way to him and his defining career moment winning both best director best and picture best picture with Shape the Shape of, of Water. Water. Um So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I I I adore I adore the fuck out of Gamble del Toro. He's great. He's he's Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing this in a similar vein as last year's Scorsese files, as we called them. Uh, we're doing three installments in the month of November. Uh, one of the episodes will feature four films and the other two will feature three each. And I believe we're doing 10 movies in total, which you just named the 10 Guillermo del Toro directed films, not produced. Well, Wars so, films, yeah. Um, I'm thinking we might, we might make this an annual thing. <laughs> no, this year. Uh, with no I think we'll be okay. Um, although we may want to move it up depending on how awards go, because we always have to save December for catching up for awards films. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think it'll be difficult this year <laughs> to catch up. Um, with movies that we desperately want to see because there really are none kind of less than a handful at this point. So, uh, a very, I think opportune time to talk about Del Toro. Um, a very, I would, I would say um, decorated filmmaker. That, Guillermo um, Toro's next film from the is industry. Scheduled yes. For release in 2021. But I think also just by film yes. fans worldwide for Netflix, one of the most cherished filmmakers. First people talk about animated him, film. They love this man of, Pinocchio. So, yeah. Partly produced Is by the Jim so? Henson Company. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's going to be But that something. didn't <laughs> pan out. Well, the first... But, um, get it? Interesting. Okay. That's very oh, no, interesting. I think initially we were going to do Spielberg yeah. this year because West Side um, Story was going to come out, right? So in you want to make this an annual thing? We're going to have to find. Well, nope. There's a yeah. There'll always be a director <laughs> nope. out there. Yeah. In in any way, I guess you could say uh, it's supposed to come out mm-hmm. next December. So. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, I feel there'll be always be enough. I mean, with Spielberg, we may have to do two months because there's literally like 30 movies. Um, depends on the filmmaker, right? Like we did it with Scorsese because, because um, we wanted to spice things up. We wanted to get into more uh, talking about film, less of the news. And so that's why it was created. And then we have an yeah. opportunity with Del Toro. Um, we want to pick filmmakers that have upcoming projects. So with Scorsese, there was yes. The Irishman. We had picked Spielberg because of West Side Story, but we think we ended up doing Del Toro because it, 
it also depends on what mood we're in, right? What we want to talk about, what works we want to explore. And Del Toro is um, a unique filmmaker. In, in a lot of varieties, also, we're going to be talking he's about someone who's he's very unique in the like, sense that his works, uh, um, how you describe, have a look to it, a style, but and um, he's also very much. Many of them may even be in a foreign language, so it's the, it's it's a different experience. He's not, you know, full of himself. Like he loves the the mainstream shit, goofy shit too. Mm. Like he, he'll go from making these like beautiful gothic fairy tales that are very adult and they win you know fucking all these right. awards to pacific rim which is just fucking he loves seeing you know godzilla old-fashioned godzilla monster movies where they punch each other right and he just wanted to make his own uh <laughs> but the craft is the same right but he's one of those few directors who very much <laughs> it's like, a range moves from <laughs> from both yeah so i that's also why i love him too because that's that's the shit i enjoy like, yeah i enjoy a good dumb action film the same way i enjoy you know <laughs> the shape of water to yeah. hell boy i mean damn so no it's gonna be it's gonna be fun guys Yeah. Vote. A serious drama. Well, um, that's going to wrap it up for To the Table um, for our <laughs> our bootacular. Yes, vote. Otherwise, the real bootacular is on the horizon. I don't anticipate we'll come back for the remainder of 2020, but I, you know, with this being a horrible year in everybody's lives, it ended up being a great year, I think, for To The Table. It's a great <laughs> programming year. Um, and uh, I, I anticipate that, because we had planned on doing To The Table um, initially, as was promoted, more than um, just, like, one month every few months well uh, but things depending on how and i am sure that a uh, lot of the previous programming that we had planned for um, feel good february and whatever march depending was on what happens is going to remain come november following calendar year uh, i assume to get you know, feel good february so. could turn into january january <laughs> our lives you <know>? are <laughs> the the mood will be there for it uh, and then yeah yeah here's hoping if not i i may just go into a hole and just never come out <laughs> okay right yeah yeah I mean, especially since we don't I th I know think people when need movie to theaters at this point, will return. Uh, so if we well, need... whoever fucking you know, watches this. Uh, to the table to come back lessons. a necessity. Shut the fuck up. Just to keep ourselves entertained, then Our we will do that. Our programming is very much... Um, uh, oh, it's very anyway, much along the lines of you, our mental health. And whatever <laughs> we're feeling is... is whatever way, way that the wind is blowing for our brains is the way we will go.
Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's the truth right there. Well, with that, I want to thank all of you for listening uh, this year for, to the table. A reminder, you can catch our other podcasts on our network feed with Red Spotlight Entertainment, The Fantasy Fair, and Bond and Beyond, and all those other ones that you love to listen to, audio commentaries and all. Um, thank you, Peter, for um, giving us a wonderful year of programming. I've so enjoyed being able to do this show, and I can't wait until the next one. So, until then, bye-bye. <laughs>